0: Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket podcast, where we inspire collaborative thinking, improved outcomes, and business success with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders and influencers. And now, your host, Saul Marquez.
1: Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of hosting Nick Dougherty. He's the managing director for Mass Challenge Health Tech a digital health accelerator that matches startups with over 30 partners like the city of Boston, Commonwealth of Massachusetts, Vertex, AARP, MGH, and Cerner to address health's most massive challenges. Prior to the work that he does at MCHT, Nick was a co-founder and CEO of Verbal Care, helping nonverbal and verbal patients communicate effectively with caregivers and providers. He became general manager in 2015 after Verbal Care was acquired by medical specialties distributors, a McKesson company. So his experience both as as an entrepreneur and a business leader are really going to be pivotal to our discussion today and with the work that he does at the mass challenge health tech it'll be exciting to hear some of the things that he's doing and seeing with the work that he does with startups there so nick it's a true pleasure to have you on the podcast today thanks for joining us hey thank you this
0: is this is very exciting so nick how did you get into healthcare so it was totally by accident in some ways but I can thank my my wife uh, for helping me choose this direction. So I went to school for engineering at, at Boston University and I knew that my senior project at BU was going to be something that I was going to try and turn into a company. So that was really my my priority because I, what I loved about BU is that their senior projects in the college of engineering are property of the students. So that that's what enticed me to go there and I wanted to, to start a company. And so my wife, basically convinced me that she's like do something that matters with your senior project and so when i was looking at the projects I, I saw this this one that said you know design an ipad application for stroke patients in an icu and i said you know what? that that looks like something that matters and that senior project ended up being verbal care and that's really what got me into healthcare it was really sort of that luck of the draw that you know, I said that I wanted to work on that project, you know, the university said, yep, you know, we're going to match you to that project and the rest is history.
1: That's awesome, man. Well, that's great advice. So kudos to your wife for that. And uh, kudos to you for, for picking something that then you were able to turn into a business and get a nice exit out of it. What would you say is a hot topic that needs to be on health leaders agenda? And maybe in this case, Nick, uh, company leaders' agendas, right? In healthcare, and how are you and Mass Challenge Health Tech addressing it?
0: Yeah, so you know we look at all of these massive challenges in health. So, last, how our program works is we we collect the top five strategic initiatives of all of the partner and champion organizations that we work with. So, it's not like everybody's focused on one thing. There's so many different things that that are happening, but the thread that we're seeing that kind of ties all of this together is this culture transformation that's happening and change management that's happening um, as these organizations are trying to figure out how to bring digital into the work that they do, how to bring technology into the work that they do. And the kind of implementation processes that you need to make it happen are are different than what you've been doing for years. And so I think, you know, for me, the, the biggest challenge is kind of a boring challenge, and that's change management. But I think realistically, it's what's getting in the way of all of these moonshots that we want to accomplish. So I think what's exciting about our program is that we have a very structured goals and milestones process that our startups and, and champions go through, where they set these goals and milestones together on the projects they want to achieve. And we've been tracking that and seeing what's working and what's not working. So we're starting to develop a community health innovation guide where we can, and we're partnering with the Commonwealth. Massachusetts on that and the Health Policy Commission. And the output of that is hopefully to help make it easier to adopt technology, but also it's going to impact some of the policy uh, that the Commonwealth writes and hopefully align incentives in the right way, because, uh, you know, basically nothing in ha- happens in healthcare without the right alignment of incentives. So I think, I think it's exciting that, you know, we're now not looking at all of the fun stuff, but we're kind of looking squarely at the boring stuff like risk assessments and change management and trying to work on that so that all of these massive challenges that everybody wants to solve can get done effectively. So we believe there's a science to implementing innovation and that's what we're excited about.
1: That is exciting. So as as you pursue these challenges, you know, these strategic initiatives, I'd love to hear an example from you, Nick, of of how the companies you guys have, have created or, or helped pair with these larger companies have created results by doing it differently?
0: Yeah. So I look at, there's there's a few great examples of, of companies. And, and I think, you know, one of one of my favorites is a company called Medumo. And I really enjoyed them for a couple of reasons. So one of the first things that I, I loved about them is that they, they went through our program twice and their experience in year one versus year two was very different. So in year one, they didn't have a paying customer yet. They had, you know, they were still pretty new. But by the end of the program, they had five paying health systems. And then the second year, it was really more about scaling, and they went to I think like twenty or twenty-five health systems by the end of the program that were that were paying. And at the beginning, they were purely focused on uh, GI departments. And you know, at the end of the second program, they're rolled across you know multiple departments and the reason why I believe that they were able to grow and scale so quickly was that they had a really successful approach to collaboration where they were always coming in with an understanding that they wanted to create co-create uh, value right alongside with the customer they were sort of the anti-transactional entrepreneurs. So they had a solution, but they weren't trying to force a solution down your throat. They were trying to identify what was the the real problem that you wanted to solve. And that problem that they they dug in on initially was reducing the amount of no-shows for colonoscopy procedures. And they also wanted to increase the adherence to the protocol and the way that they did it was just so simple what they did was just text patients <laughs> so how it worked is so and there's like very no app.
1: too you know nick uh, i think about like no shows right and there's people tackling the no show problem it's a problem right but they are i mean were, did they start with colonoscopy or, yeah, or through partnership they
0: said this is where the niche is or how did they, that work they, that's that's where they started because they, they knew that there was um, a high volume of procedures. Basically, like the problem made sense. And and it's because they they did the diligence of figuring out like where is there going to be the most value? Where should we focus? And I was always really impressed with their approach to make sure that they're identifying a real problem and then not over building a solution on top of it. You know, like not, mm. every, not everything needs to be an app with a million features. Like literally what they do is they'll, at least what they did when they started, they would text someone and be like, hey, you got an appointment in a week. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is what you need to do. This is when you need to show up. Um, hey, uh, you know, here's your grocery list. Here's a link. Click on the grocery list and, and make sure that, you know, you're eating the right stuff. And then, you know, what they were demonstrating is millions of dollars in cost savings wow. pretty immediately to these departments. Incredible. And they were really savvy about, they went through the procurement process, like they were able to figure out what the discretionary budgets were for the departments that they were working it with. So they're able to get through the procurement process before sort of having a a broader contract discussion. So they were really savvy both on the product side, making sure that they had like the absolute right, minimally awesome product for the customer. And then uh, they were also really savvy on the business side, making sure that you know, both of these things were working really well in parallel. So they've been really, you know, exciting and successful and have scaled a lot. But as you mentioned, it's like, this is kind of niche, you know, colonoscopy prep stuff, you know, where's the big sexy, like, you know, digital health solutions of the future. And I think that, you know, kind of speaks to me, like some of our most successful companies are the companies that are solving, you know, what you would normally say is like kind of a boring thing. And, and frankly, that's that's because I don't think that the culture transformation has really happened in the, the healthcare health system side yet to be able to do a lot of the future tech that you see kind of in, in the news. But I think Medumo, there's a lot that we can learn what they've done. Uh, really great company.
1: A great example. And how do you spell Medumo for the people that are curious? M-E-D-U-M-O. Awesome. So there you have it, folks. An example of how Keeping it simple, listening to your customers will result in a business that works. Obviously, it's not that easy, but it's definitely... It doesn't have to be sexy. It doesn't have to be sexy at all. And, and that and that cultural shift that Nick alluded to hasn't happened yet. So finding point solutions like like the one that Medumo built could potentially be the way that you and your business need to go. And obviously, partnering with firms like Mass Challenge Health Tech is another way to not just um, you know try to go it alone. Partner with somebody that that has been there, done that, and has coached others to do it. I'd love to hear uh, an example of maybe the opposite, something that didn't work, Nick, and um, and what you guys learned from it.
0: One of our companies called us about a month before uh, the end of the program, and the founder was like, "Look, we're we're going to shut down the company." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "What? You know, why are you going to shut down the company? I know that your champion loves you guys. Like, what's?" what's happening is like, you know what? I don't think that the, you know, the market it's going to I don't think the market cap's high. I think the market potential is not really there, you know, in the way that we thought it was going to be. I'm graduating from my MBA program. You know, I'm I'm not really sure I want to continue with it. And they they were one of the earlier companies in the program than a lot of the other companies in the program. And then uh, he he was also like it's turning out to be more of a services business than a technology business. We really wanted to be in a pure technology space. So he's like going on all these reasons why he doesn't want to do it. I'm like, look, healthcare is going to be a services business if you're going to be successful. Like you got to have services alongside your technology. And have you talked to your team about it? He's like, yeah, I let I let the team know that you know we're shutting down the business. Like, did you? ask them whether or not they would want to continue. You know, maybe you don't want to do this anymore, but would you want to continue? It's like, no, like, why would they? You know, there's no opportunity here. (laughs) So the company was effectively shut down. But then, you know, like, just do us a favor and talk with your team and see whether or not they'd want to continue with it. And so this company ended up, Ah, uh, we ended up transitioning the uh, sort of the the reins from the original founder over to a new CEO who was a member of the team and and the company. And they ended up uh, being one of the winners of the program, <laughs> which was kind <laughs> of crazy and ironic. Uh, they went from like, I don't know like three or five k in monthly recurring revenue to uh, something like ten or twenty k in you know a few months. And it was, it was pretty amazing to see the the transition there. But the, like founder dynamics are always really interesting and, and weird and can be really challenging. So I think that's always something where it's really difficult when you're kind of out on your own in the wild without sort of a support network or community. I know I felt that when I was a founder myself. So having uh, like an organization or a person or a group to go to that you can kind of mediate through those Difficult founder issues is, I think, pretty critical, especially in the early stages as you're trying to figure out your identity as a company.
1: Nick, I think that's such a great, great call out. And there's so many people going through that. I mean, hell, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, just with the Outcomes Rocket, I started it two years ago and it's never smooth at the beginning. I had a couple of points where I paused and I had to think, what's my why? You know, why am I doing this? And thankfully, I've got a nice network of of what I call my board of directors, you know, people that have been there, done that. And they helped me through those those turns and challenges. And here we are still producing these podcasts with awesome folks like you. So it matters, folks. It matters to have that community. Or that group of people or that board of directors that you could reach out to, or a company like Mass Challenge Health Tech, right? So a great, great example, Nick. And I uh, love to hear that that the that the business turned around and, and started making revenue with the new leader. So what would you say one of your proudest experiences has been to date there?
0: I think that was a really proud one, to be honest. Yeah. Being able to intervene in that way. I think what I, what I'm really proud of is with our team and just sort of how dedicated everybody is to helping the entrepreneurs win and I I know it's really cheesy to say like uh, I'm I'm proud of I'm proud of the team and what they've accomplished but I know in our first year we had like four or five uh, people on the team and you know we've had about sort of that much and you know we've generated over 270 partnerships in the last 3 years between the startups and their champions through our matchmaking and it's just a colossal effort to source companies that don't want to be in the program, especially when we're, you know, we're starting off, we, you know, our first year was only a couple of years ago and nobody knew what our program was. And it was, uh, I mean, Mass Challenge had been around and people respected, you know, the brand, but we were creating a later stage accelerator program. So everybody that we wanted to be in the program had already gone through accelerators and was at the point where like, we don't want to go through accelerators anymore. Yeah. <laughs> That's not worth it. So we would, you know, we had to call hundreds and hundreds of people. And I think what I get, what I'm really proud about is that the team uh, lives and breathes it and cares about the outcomes that we're delivering. and, And it always goes the extra mile for the entrepreneurs. And that's, been super consistent. And because of that, we see our companies impacting millions of patients' lives, increasing their revenue and funding by over 70 to 90% during the course of the program. Um, we see them hiring hundreds of employees and, you know, growing like crazy. And, you know, I think we take that acceleration, you know, really seriously. And in the next couple of years, through some of our research collaborations, our goal is to become one of the first evidence-based accelerator programs too. So we've had some researchers embedded since the beginning. So I I just, I really believe in the team and I'm I'm proud of what they've accomplished.
1: That's awesome. No, Nick, that's a, that's a great message and, and uh, lofty thinking with the uh, evidence-based accelerator program. And it's truly important and obviously the space that that we're in. So that's an exciting project. Anything else that you want to highlight as an exciting project that you have going on?
0: Yeah. So I think that's a that's a big one. And underneath that umbrella, we have a few research initiatives that will you know, support that and some collaborations with external university partners that are studying our program. So it's not just us that's doing the research. The goal is to have external parties doing the research on us and um, and and also on the industry so that we can build that. The other thing I'm really excited about is our work that we're doing in Massachusetts through the Digital Health Initiative, where we're working on a standard security assessment. So hopefully it takes less time to go through that risk assessment process um, before signing a BAA. We know that's really burdensome on both sides. And we're also uh, working on that through Together Health, which is um, this consortium of health innovation ecosystems, where we're working alongside HHS and ONC to bring uh, the nation's innovation ecosystems together, so that we're we're collaborating and working together. And this was kind of prompted by this understanding that our startup companies aren't just going to be selling and working with partner organizations in their backyard. They're going to be going all across the country, all across the world. And, you know, it'd be really great if there was some cultural consistency. There are some standard frameworks and best practices at the business level, not just at the technical level. And, uh, you know, that's really the goal of Together Health um, is to, to bring these groups together. So I'm really proud of our, our team for helping to uh, launch that initiative over the last couple of years. And that's been yeah. successful too.
1: Congratulations on that. That's definitely another pathway to getting some great things done. So Nick, we're getting close to the end of the podcast here. always feel like we don't ever have enough time, but we have just enough time to get some good nuggets in. This is the lightning round. So I got a couple lightning round questions for you, followed by a book that you recommend to the listeners. You ready? Yes. (laughs) All right. What's the best way to improve healthcare outcomes?
0: The best way to improve healthcare outcomes, and I'm I'm trying to to give a cheesy answer, but it's the only one that I can think of, uh, that's to really embed the patient in the decision making process. They got to feel ownership and that's important.
1: What's the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid?
0: I think that don't focus on selling your solution, focus on solving the problem. Love it.
1: How do you stay relevant as an organization despite constant change?
0: I think that that's uh, constantly diagnose where the, the problems are and where the value is, and make sure that you understand your unit economics. Um, even if you're you know, getting a great outcome for the patient, it has to align to some kind of business incentive or else you can't be sustainable. That's a great point, Nick.
1: And what's an area of focus that drives everything at Mass Challenge Health Tech?
0: It's the desire to solve massive challenges. There can never be a shortage of amazing people working their butts off to make the world better. And that's what we're focused on is helping those people. Love that.
1: These next two are more on a personal note for the listeners to get to know you. What's your number one health habit?
0: Oh, I think for me, it's thinking ahead for the week and saying, mm-hmm. when am I going to fit in that the time I need for myself to either read a book or work out or spend time with friends and family. Otherwise, uh, I will let myself get consumed by my work. So um, being intentional about carving out that personal time is critical.
1: It's a great habit. And how about your number one success
0: habit? So I guess it's not one thing. Stephen Covey's seven habits have (laughs) really been embedded with me since I was in high school. And I find that I, I use those all the time and I, and I think that the one that is probably the most effective and useful is uh, seek first to understand then to be understood. You try to understand people, try to appreciate where they are, what they're going through. You find yourself open to new ideas, uh, new ways of thinking, and generally someone else has a better idea than you do.
1: Well, you know what, Nick, through our talk, I feel like this is definitely a part of your philosophy. Uh, as we dive into, you know, your thoughts around solving the problem, not focusing on the solution, listen, definitely one that I, I feel and hear you live by.
0: <laughs> we, I, I try my best.
1: That's awesome, man. And what book would you recommend to the listeners?
0: So, I, I mean, I just recommended one, which is the the Stephen Covey one. I, I think a great follow-up to that book is something that was recommended to me by Ashley Reed, uh, who's the CEO of wellest And she's just a fantastic mind and and she recommended uh, turn this ship around it's by David Marquette uh, it's a really interesting read normally I, I don't like to read business books but the reason why I like it it's talking about how a, a naval submarine captain turned the worst performing uh, ship in the fleet into the the top performing ship in the fleet in basically six months um, wow. it's a really interesting read and uh, there's a lot of great uh, mechanisms that you can use in your role to help foster an environment where everyone's a leader and uh, there are no leader followers.
1: Love that. And folks, what I love about Nick is that in the space of, of of accelerators and even education, right? You have, you have folks that have been there and done that and now are teaching and then folks that are theory and teaching, not, not, nothing's wrong with that, but when you're in business, you want someone that's been there and done that and Nick has been. And so this recommendation take it seriously, turn this ship around. You could find a link to that book as well as an entire transcript of our discussion today. Just go to outcomesrocket.health in the search bar type in mass challenge and you'll find today's discussion there. Nick, this has been a blast, man. I really appreciate your time. If you could just uh, leave us with the closing thought, and then the best place where the listeners could learn more and continue the conversation with you.
0: Well, thank you, Saul. This this was a lot of fun. And, and if anybody's interested in getting involved in our community, just go to masschallenge.org. Um, we're always looking for amazing people that want to help our entrepreneurs. We're always looking for the world's best entrepreneurs, and we just want to solve these massive challenges. So if you want to you want to join our community and help us do that, um, we'd love to have you.
1: Outstanding. And what would be the best place for them to do that, Nick? Uh, Masschallenge.org. Masschallenge.org. Yep, you mentioned that. Masschallenge.org, folks. Check that out. And again, just want to say thank you to Nick for sharing his story, as well as what he's learned in the health startup space with all of us. So, uh, Nick, thanks again.
0: Thank you. This is awesome.